Warning, this podcast includes topics like strong language, depression, anxiety, self-harm, and violence. Take this time to decide if this podcast is right for you. Thank you, and let's begin. Oh, I love the Mountain Dews. That's a nice little touch. Yes. Hey, Dave, the Mountain Dews are a nice touch to Daniel. Yeah. Hi. How are you? Hi, how are you? I'm Anae Chavero. And I'm Marissa Green. And you're listening to the Hi, How Are You podcast. We're two journalism students who work for The Drag, which is a student-run audio production house at the Moody College of Communication at the University of Texas at Austin. This podcast was created in partnership with the Hi, How Are You project, a nonprofit encouraging conversations about mental health in memory of singer, songwriter, and artist Daniel Johnston. That's why we spent all six days at the 2021 Austin City Limits Music Festival, connecting with artists and performers to talk more about the intersections of music and mental health. So, Ani, how are you really doing today? I'm super excited because I get to go back home to see my parents this weekend. That is so exciting, and I'm very happy for you. And speaking of home, we got to touch a little bit on that with Adrian Casada, who is the lead guitarist and producer of the Black Pumas. Yeah, so why don't we get into that? Yes. So for those of you who don't know who the Black Pumas are, reality check, you're living under a rock. They sold out five nights at Stubbs. They have an Austin FC cheer and beer partnership. They have this, one of my favorite songs is the song Colors. And it's a it, little tune that's like, all my favorite colors. It's so good. Um, so please give a listen. But you'll also get to hear a little bit about the backstory of the Black Pumas itself. Adrian Casada is actually not an Austin local, but before being in the Black Pumas, he was in another Austin, Texas band called Grupo Fantasma, and they're branching out a little bit. He discovered Eric as a street singer, and Black Pumas was born. And you got to sit with Adrian Casada on this couch, surrounded by little sentiments and little things that reminded you both of Daniel Johnston. What was that like for you? It was very interesting as a guy that I've seen shred the guitar on stage. He's actually extremely relatable and we had so much in common and I really can't wait for you guys to just hear it. Just a quick reminder, we were interviewing all of our artists at ACL, so you're definitely going to hear other bands playing in the background. Hi, how are you? My name is Adrian Casada, and I am feeling a little sweaty and how are you feeling? Hi, I'm also feeling a little sweaty and a little tired, but... ACL, you just performed yesterday. How are you feeling about that? I'm feeling good. It felt it felt really amazing. Felt like a a good like homecoming kind of you know situation, and and felt really great. It felt amazing. Are you kind of honing in on the whole mental health thing? Absolutely, yeah, for sure. Um, now more than ever, I think you know when I was growing up, that that wasn't a conversation that a lot of people had, and I think it's a lot easier for people to have that conversation now and accept that as as um you know mental health i think back back when i was growing up was not accepted as part of like health and well-being that was like you're a crazy person you know for being uh for talking about mental health there was health you know there's like your blood your your blood and your are you sick or are you not sick but um i think nowadays it's becoming a lot more acceptable to talk about mental health as just part of your overall well-being yeah and tell me a little bit about your mental health if i'm not Touching anything too serious. How do you cope with 
everything. Yeah, you know, it's it's like it's interesting because we have that talk as a band, and myself and Eric from Pumas talk about this a lot. But like, on one hand, being a musician is obviously like we're really lucky to have this as as a job. But on the other hand, it's not it, it it's not conducive to the most to the healthiest lifestyle, you know. So it's very easy to to. Um, you see, on, on one hand, I think artists in general, because I've, I've been a visual artist, I've been a musician, like are, and are somewhat predisposed to having their brain wired a little bit different from the average person. Um, so there is that. But then on the other hand, just like the, the touring musician lifestyle is not conducive to the healthiest lifestyle. So it's something that you definitely need to like be wary of address and uh, for me it's I've I'm still working on that you know I feel like I still have I've had to I have to make adjustments every year on like lifestyle and am I doing the best that I can do to uh, keep again like you like I was saying like it's a part of your body your mental health is it's you know your brain and and how that's affecting your whole body uh I've had to make a lot of adjustments in terms of health and making sure on the road that I'm exercising, that I'm living a healthier lifestyle, that uh, all those little things and just uh, giving yourself that time to whether you need to talk to a professional or whether you need to just have your own time or meditate or whatever it is that, that helps you get through that. I think it's really important, it's particularly for musicians and creatives. Yeah, no, you said that you talk about it with your band. Um... That's really good. I think it's a really good thing that like as an entire band you guys do it because I feel like sometimes individually you work on yourself but when you're working with a group of people and everybody works on themselves, I think the product is just amazing. Yeah, that's that's been key. You know, Eric and I have been having a lot of those conversations a lot where we're like, you know, the most important thing is communication because and I think particularly, you know, with some of my upbringing and you may you may know this where you have grown up but um there is a little bit of a stigma to it in certain communities to admit that you need mental health. You know, there's a little bit of that of just like, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Like, what's your problem? Like, you know, just just get over it. Get over it. Yeah, you know. But like, there's there was a little bit of a stigma to it in, in certain communities. Certainly where I grew up, where you know, it's not. Um, you don't feel like it's acceptable to to uh, bring that up that you may need some help so Eric and I have been having those talks a lot of like hey, you know communication is key here and that like if you need if if either one of us if anybody in the band if anybody needs some help or just time alone or whatever it is let's let's address that you know? yeah no and it is hard like like you said coming from like a Hispanic background I feel like we're this pressure is put on us especially I feel like on men to be strong and yeah. to be the mm -hmm. The ones in the household who like keep it together and put yeah. it together and not always is it that way yeah and I feel like a lot of that people turn a lot of times to um, unhealthy habits you know whether it's alcohol or, or whatever it is um, that's how people cope with things but I think it's it's really important nowadays to realize that you can cope with things in another way you know and I'm I mean that's a lifelong journey I don't feel like I've got that completely under control but <laughs> working on it yeah, and how do you manage to not control that, but I guess navigate it? Um, like I said, a lot of it is just really being aware of, of it and, and accepting that you need to get better at that. And, and for me, it's been a lot of um, just kind of physical health in terms of like exercise, checking, you know, alcohol and, and um, acupuncture, meditation, a little bit of everything. I don't feel like there's one solution for, for anything in particular, but I think it's a matter of just like dialing things back. Yes, and um, 
Do you believe that the problems and the issues that you had growing up in a border like Laredo are very different from the ones that your daughter is having growing up here in Austin? Probably a little bit different. Probably a little bit different. But I don't think that either one is worse than the other. But I think different. You know, um, it's, a, it's a much different upbringing that they're having than the one I had. Yeah. yeah. And again, like bringing back to the Hispanic household, the way your parents raised you, is that the way you're raising your daughter? Or... Are I'm, you? I'm taking a little bit of that and then also like updating it for uh, for 2021. But uh, so a little bit of that and a little bit of, of what I've learned along the way as well. Can you tell me a little bit about what you've learned along the way? Oh my God! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, I think again, like my parents um, did a great job, but they 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 come from a generation where again it's like you're strict and. And that, that's how I was brought up. And I feel like it installed, instilled a certain discipline in me in my life that, uh, that I'll never lose. And I feel like it's really important. I think nowadays, just in general, it's not so much about my parents or myself or anything. It's just like I think in general, um, the world has become more open to, uh, to listening and less about like, these are the rules and that's that. But like, you know, within reason, because there are times where she'll tell me, something about how her fr friend's parents are and I'm like all right well we're not that good ego like we're still old school here you see, we're, there's still rules here yeah. there's still boundaries you're not about to like walk all over us so it's 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 a, a learning process every day for everybody I think you know and I feel like um, your daughter since she grew up here she's exposed to way more cultures oh, absolutely like yeah. where I'm from everyone's Hispanic so yeah, everyone's yeah. family pretty much were raised all the same yeah exactly strict. No doubt, and here yeah. like you said not to call out a specific race, but gringos are very... Um, a little more... Uh, loose. Loose and, and goosey-goosey. Yeah. She'll tell me stuff about it, like her parents, her friends calling their parents by the first name, and I'm like, well, no, that's... Like, they'll just, you know, call them out by the first name. I'm like, no, nah, we're not that gringo. Like, you still got to call me dad. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, there's, there's still rules here, yeah. Yeah, no, I can only imagine how it must be like for her yeah, to navigate through that. But yeah, um, tell me about the music. How how does it make you feel when you play guitar? Like, what is that feeling? Oh, it's amazing. You, you know, it's especially with Pumas. I feel like we're at a point where um, things are just like the, the rhythm is so there, and we're so dialed in that it just it's just at this point it's like I mean it sounds corny, but like pure expression. Like I really, you know, in my my role in the band, I'm still kind of like my brain has to be thinking about like, all right, are we going over on set time? How long is this song gonna be? You need to make sure we hit that drum break, little things like that. But for the most part, like it's just pure expression, and I think that's that's been the beauty of, of working with Eric and Pumas is like he's so in the moment and everything, and it reminds me to be like that too live. So we we really like the performances are really just truly in the moment, you know, a little bit scripted, but there's a lot of like room for for us being present and. It's been amazing. I have to remind myself like what a blessing it is to play guitar and make a living, you know. Yeah, no. As someone who saw the set yesterday, I can say that I can feel that. Okay, the cool. emotion like showcases through to the audience. Okay. And I think it was just amazing. Like it was an experience, I feel. Like watching you guys play, like you with the guitar, it was amazing, like literally. And Eric's voice is beyond. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. But tell me about that. Like how is it exhausting for you sometimes being on tour a lot? Um you know, it can be for sure. It can be, and I, I think we take that for granted because there's such an adrenaline rush, you know, and that's one thing that we, we kind of don't factor in. Again, back to just health and mental health in general, but, like, there's such an adrenaline rush with getting on stage every day that I think the adrenaline kicks in 
and you don't realize how much you're running on adrenaline, which is like running your car on empty for a long time. You know, it's just like barely at the bottom of there is like this some fumes that are coming out and driving you to the next place. And, uh, and that's been something that we've all been adjusting to like, okay, do we need to rest? Are we tired? You know, cause there's such a rush. You get off stage and there's people and you know, people cheering and people you're meeting and whatnot. And then you do it again the next day and then you do it again the next day. And like, I remember reading something about how people, some, somebody on tour was saying, even if we're tired on a Tuesday night for the people that bought concert tickets, every night is Friday night. Like every night they're there and they're fully expecting it's their Friday night, like they're that's the night they're gonna let loose. So you have to do that on Monday, on Sunday, on Tuesday, on Wednesday, on Thursday, on Friday, whatever night it is, no matter how tired you are, you have to bring that energy. And that at some point, that's again, one of those things that catches up with a musician that you just don't realize how you're running on adrenaline. So it's like a matter of just finding that balance. And where do you find that balance? Like where do you find that time to give yourself like a break or a breather? I, I'm kind of, I'm an only child originally. So like I, I need like solo time. I need to um, just, get out by myself a lot you know try to rent a bike go for a bike ride um exercise just i just need quiet time every once in a while because you're just like in this rolling little bubble where like everybody there's no privacy everybody's like wherever you go there's 12 people all the time so oh yes and i think is a part of it being around music so much the fact that you need that quietness yeah actually sometimes when i get back from a show or something um I just want quiet, you know, like I'll, I'll like, uh, a friend of mine actually got me into um, listening to classical music. He's like, that's what resets his palate. He's like, it's so different from what you're playing on stage that it just kind of like resets your whole brain. And I'll do that every once in a while, but sometimes I just need quiet. Like even during the day, sometimes like I don't want to hear music for like a few hours because I just, uh... but funny enough, I've just, got, I, I listen to sports talk radio and for whatever reason, as obnoxious as that is, like it's the most uh, like, it's just like music to my ears it's just people talking because i can turn them off i'm like i don't want to hear them and then i'll listen but that to me i listen to a lot of sports talk radio it's like medit people listen to like the ocean waves and shit like meditation music i listen to sports talk radio yeah no and i feel like with sports it's very easy like you said to turn it off like ignore it and then go back to it and you yeah. know where they're at that sounds like a waves crashing to me now like <laughs> people talking about football yes and apart from that and look quiet time is there anything else that you do to kind of help yourself yeah meditation i like you know and in a way that um i've like meditation to me is not necessarily like you know going oh on a, you know on a rug or anything like that it's like wherever you can find your quiet time where you can um kind of be with your thoughts or pause your thoughts or whatever that's that's what's been really meditative to me so i have to find that time a lot and again that just kind of comes with my alone time like i'll go for a walk or i'll go for a bike ride and that's where I find my time to meditate, but that's been really important to my well mental well-being on tour is just taking, just stopping it all, you know. Do you believe like the being on tour and kind of like, like you said, running on fumes, like so to speak, sometimes affects your relationships with those around you? Yeah, I mean, for sure, for sure. It, it, it has a huge effect because um, everybody's on that rush, you know, people, especially, I mean, the people around you on a tour, everybody's having that rush and everybody's serotonin and like, uh, brain and body are reacting differently to it you know and some people aren't quite sure how it's aren't, aren't aware that it's affecting them so everybody's in different places and then like i said there's not a lot of privacy so if, you know everybody's allowed a bad day everybody's allowed a bad moment you know you might be have who knows what's going on in people's home life or with their family or their girlfriend or their boyfriend whatever it is so i think i always have to factor that in that like you know um we all we, 
we need to do this as a like dance of like making sure everybody's everybody's in a good place. Yes, I think that's very essential. And I think just like like you said, talking about your bandmates about being aware of how you're feeling. Yeah. That's really important. Absolutely, and I think that's again like a, a little bit of a generational thing and a cultural thing that it's okay to talk about that. You know, like growing up, we didn't we didn't always do that a lot. You know, talk about how you feel. Yeah. It was kind of like. It's like yeah, you're oh, good. Yeah, yeah. Okay, get over it. Yeah. No, yes. Um, do you think it's harder for a Hispanic man to talk about how he's feeling, or is it the same through all throughout? No, I do think I do think there's a little bit of a stigma to it. I do think that we're a little more of a, of a old school kind of macho, you know, culture where I don't think it's instilled in every every man to to do that. I do think that that's a, a little bit of a cultural thing for sure. That's something that. Um, you know, maybe things are changing now, but yeah, I do think it's been a little bit harder as because uh, I know a lot of friends that grew up in a you know from Laredo or wherever that grew up in a similar culture that that find it the same way. It took us a long time to be able to come around to like, hey, let's talk about our feelings. I mean, if if, I, if in high school I said that to like my guy friends in Laredo, like, hey guys, let's talk about our feelings, they would be like, you know, like, shut up, why are you being weird, like. So I do think that that's something that's shifting, and I do think that, that that's very much a, uh, ingrained in a culture. And do you ever feel that way when you talk about your feelings sometimes? Like, uh, like that, does that hesitation strike? I think I've, I've gotten past it because I've been, I've been um, you know, obviously I'm older and I've been here living here for a while, and, th- and just in general, like the whole zeitgeist culture is changing. But, but yeah, the, I, I still feel like, I still, with my friends from Laredo, like, that I still play music with and are like really good friends of mine. Like we kind of find ourselves joking about that too. Now that we're all like sensitive men, you know, we'll just joke like, you know, just like, like stop being a weirdo, bro. Why are you like talking about your fucking feelings? I don't know if I can curse, but you know, uh, but I think ever the awareness of just knowing that and everybody's knowing like, man, we're shifting towards like, it's okay to like hug and you know, as a man, as a, Latino man, it's okay to hug and just talk about your feelings. It's okay. It doesn't make us any less any less macho, you know. Yeah, I think if anything, it makes you more showing I emotion. So. Yeah. I think so for sure. Yeah. Showing emotion is something so beautiful, and yeah, I feel yeah, like yeah. once you understand that. Don't tell my that, that I said. Yeah, don't. <laughs> we'll send this. We'll send this okay, podcast yeah, directly yeah. They're to. About them. They're gonna slap me next time. Like, Thank yeah. you so much for sharing this space with me and talking to me. Thank it was you. amazing Thanks talking to you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I'm bummed Thank that I had you. to do it on Dave LaBelle's old couch. Yeah. Your picture is still on my wall. So after all of this talk about how family can shape our identity as well as our perspectives on mental health, it was time that Ani and I brought in some mental health experts. We talked to Dr. Sonia Krishna. She's a psychiatrist and affiliate faculty at the Dell Medical School, as well as Dr. David Hill, who's a psychologist, and he's also a board of trustees member at the Texas Psychological Association. Well, Dr. Krishna, I want to thank you again for your time today. I really appreciate it. And since this is called the Hi, How Are You podcast, I feel like what better question to start off with than hi, how are you? Hi, it's so nice to see you and be with you again. I'm happy to be here and overall doing really well. So thank you for asking. I'm excited to reclaim some normalcy now after two years of this pandemic. We talked to Adrian Casada, who is like the lead guitarist and producer for the Black Pumas. 
he was talking a lot about, you know, his journey with music and how that really connected with his family. And I was like, you know, duh, you know, we listen to the radio in our parents' car as we grow up or, you know, our genre or a taste in music is often influenced by our parents or those who are living around us. So how do family dynamics like come into play whenever it comes to like mental health, especially for like parent or child relationships? Obviously, people are listening to music their whole lives growing up and your tastes may change, but you'll always remember and associate the memories of your youth with different songs or instruments. And so it is definitely something that can create really good bonds. As we know, also, there's some songs that remind us of hard times. And so it allows us to process those in a different way, less just words coming out, but more the experience and the melody that came with that. And so you can process that and have the support of people from different generations guiding you on how they would deal with things. I think one of the issues we see in mental health is that different generations, while caring, may not be able to understand it in the way that our current generation does. And so music can be one of the factors that can make that conversation easier to have. On my wall, on my wall. Hello, we are here with uh, our psychologist, Dr. David Hill. And really quickly, I want to ask you, hi, how are you? I'm doing very well. Thanks for asking. Excited to be here. I'm thrilled to be on a podcast with the mental health focus. I think it's uh, badly needed, and I appreciate your work. So whenever we talk to the Black Pumas, uh, we were really curious, how do family dynamics affect mental health, um, especially for parent and child relationships? Sure. You have to think of these kind of in a um, ecological model. So each individual is within their environment and some of the closest environment you're gonna have is the family as you're growing up. Those are your models for behavior. Um, good dynamics can mean you're very well adjusted, you're very resilient. Uh, if you have negative dynamics, you can take those on. There may be things that even last uh, well into your adult life or things that me, me, may not even know um, that you're bringing forward because they're so deeply ingrained. Just like culture, um, culture is kind of the operating system that underlies everything. Same with your family dynamics. You may not even realize what you're doing is that firmly rooted in it. So it can be pervasive. And like for parent and child, how is that more even connected? Well, you learn your behaviors from your parents, Right. So um, the way that they react to the world um, can absolutely um, influence the way that you react to the world. There are also some conditions that are passed down through families like uh, bipolar disorder, depression um, or some environmental conditions that could lead to a certain way of viewing the world. Like if your uh, family members, if your parents are very anxious and expecting doom around every corner, you may find yourself uh, just thinking that's a, the default way that the world has to be without knowing any better. Right. And I think we kind of touched a little bit on this with Adrian Quesada. He's the lead guitarist and singer of the Black Pumas. And he kind of talked to us a little bit about machismo and this idea that men in Latino households have to always, you know, keep a strong face, never really kind of show that vulnerability. Um, so what do you think about that kind of dynamic and how that might affect relationships in those situations? 
Every culture has their own things that we wrestle with given our backgrounds. And America is especially interesting because we have this melting pot dynamic where instead of a, a nation where it's an, an ethnic majority in an area, we have people from all over the world put together. So it's a little bit more complex here per se. Um, but within uh, Latino cultures or Hispanic cultures, I mean, that term is so broad as to be almost meaningless because someone from Peru is going to have very little in common with someone from Cuba or the Philippines, uh, even though they may have a, a similar um, a similar uh, language. But the machismo thing, there's this idea of projecting strength by maintaining this sense of confidence and just toughing your way through. Um, I see this with a lot of, uh, of veterans I work with as well. They're taught, you know, if something bad's happening, you've got to power through. But then they, they sort of project that into all levels of their lives. The problem is um, that often means that you're just going to shelve anything that is causing you distress and you're not actually going to work on it. You're just going to pretend like it's not happening, but that's going to boil over and it's going to start affecting every single area of your life. It's going to affect your home life, uh, your love life, uh, your work, everything. Uh, it's ultimately, it's it's keeping you from growing because the only way through these some of the things... Within psychology, sometimes we say the only way out is through. So you have to go through the issues and the emotions and figure out what they're trying to tell you and make the necessary changes in your life or the way that you approach the world uh, or the way you think about the world. And then you'll sort of reformulated your approach to the entire world. Maybe one of the hardest things of getting through those emotions is getting started. Where do you suggest teenagers or young adults get started to getting through well, there are a lot of mental health uh, resources out there on the web. Um, it's easy to Google some stuff, but you can also get uh, the sort of Dr. Google syndrome where you think, oh, my God, now I'm suffering from everything, uh, which is super common. We see this in uh, psychology students taking their first abnormal psych class. I was not immune to that myself. It's like, oh, my God, I'm, I have everything. Um, but reaching out to a mental health professional, um, even a pastoral counselor, if you have a religious background, uh, that can really help. And, and you can get a reality check as well. I mean, sometimes I'll have folks come to me and just tell me about what's going on in their lives just as a friend. And I'll be able to tell them like, no, this is totally normal what you're dealing with. And it may not be something that's that comes to the level of clinical significance. That's when it actually is really significantly negatively impacting your home, school, or work life. So if you're still able to maintain, it's not quite boiling over to that extreme extent, you're probably within a normal range. It's really interesting how our upbringings impact our mental health and just the way we view it. And I think sometimes it's important to reflect on traditional beliefs about mental health and take new approaches to break the stigma. So without further ado, thank you to Adrian Casada for being so open about how machismo affected the start of your musical career. And for being relatable to all the Latino community. My 956 family knows what's up. This has been episode one of the Hi, How Are You podcast with Adrian Casada from the Black Pumas. Thanks for listening to our first episode of the Hi, How Are You podcast. And we're just getting started. So make sure to tune in for our second episode where we interview Surfaces and the Bobs. 
You'll find out just who was your friend. The Hi, How Are You podcast is produced and hosted by me, Marissa Green, and Annie Chavero. Marin Bennett is the lead producer and editor. This podcast is presented by The Drag, a student-run audio production house at the University of Texas at Austin's Moody College of Communication. This podcast was created in partnership with the Hi, How Are You Project, a mental health nonprofit in Austin, Texas. Katie Penchik-Alka, Robert Quigley, and Raul Hernandez are the executive producers. And we couldn't have done this without our friends at the Hi, How Are You Project. Tom Gimble and Courtney Blanton are the co-founders and co-executive directors. David LaBelle is the director of operations and events. Adam Cicero is the operations manager. Olivia Ramsey is the community and social media manager. The associate producers of this podcast are Tamara Rodriguez, Cesar Perez, Caitlin Sad, Colin Spalton, and Jessica Mick. Christian McDonald is a drag's technical director. Lauren Castro is a drag's marketing and communications producer. Special thanks to David Schneider and Bevo Productions, the Texas Psychological Association, Dr. David Hill, and Dr. Sonia Krishna. A huge thank you to Leslie Schrock for all of her support and guidance. We also want to thank Jay Bernhardt, Kathleen McElroy, Rachel Davis-Mercy, Allison Dawson, Kathleen Mabley, Ann Jorgensen, and Jay Whitman of the Moody College of Communication. And special thanks to Robert Vilwalk and Ann Sellers. The Hi, How Are You Project would like to recognize their annual hero sponsor, American Campus Communities, Carol Myers, and the American Psychological Association, along with donors like you. So please consider supporting their work by visiting hihowareyou.org donate. Every dollar goes directly towards producing media, events, and thoughtful resources that encourage open conversations around mental health. Thank you.